In this final episode of the Tough 31 Reaction Show, hosted by yours truly and brought to you by Car Shield, we recap the entire season. Some of the things that might surprise you, some of the things that surprised me, my thought process watching my guys fight last week at UFC 292, Kurt Hollibaugh becoming victorious, uh, Cody Gibson falling short at 135, uh, and then we are also joined by the one and only Tough 31 champion, Kurt Hollibaugh. So, Bruce, hit him with the intro. Ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, it's time! The Ultimate Fighter Season 31 Reaction Show, brought to you by Carshield. Hosted by Michael Adler. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to episode 13, the final episode, the tough recap, tough 31 recap. Um, I've spent the last better part of three months every single week right here interviewing awesome guests for you guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed all the um, the YouTube content that we're putting out, not just on the tough show, but everything else that we're doing. Um, but more specifically, this tough show. Um, I actually sat right there in this chair, um, Connor, my media director, uh, and I were sitting here when I got the phone call for it just a couple months ago. At this point, man, it was like six months ago. I got the call back in February. Um, so for this whole thing to have gone forward the way it has has been absolutely awesome, and I can't wait to dive deeper into it. But first things first, as we always do, as we promised, we have to give away our final giveaway prize. and. That final giveaway prize is a signed copy of my favorite book, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen with a signed Panini card as a bookmark because what's a book without a bookmark? Connor, who is our final, our 13th, or no, our 12th and final winner? Our final winner is Christopher Moore. Christopher Moore, where's he from? He's from Fortville, Indiana. Fortville, Indiana, right up the road in Indiana. Uh, Chris, congratulations. So we are going to be packaging all of these up and we'll be sending them to you guys. Um, so no need to tell you where the link is and all that kind of stuff because the giveaway is over. But as you know, um, I love my people. I love my support system. I love you guys out there who are constantly supporting, supporting the YouTube channel, supporting me and my fight career, supporting me um, in so many different ways. So Christopher, congratulations. I'll be in the final one. And congratulations to our other 11 winners. There will be more giveaways and stuff to go. Um, but let's get right into this recap. Um, so I just uh, just went to the fights last weekend. Um, shoot, at this point, I forget which UFC it was. Which UFC was it? 290, 292, uh, I 292, think it was. 292, yeah. yeah. 292, uh, obviously, Sean O'Malley knocks out Aljamain Sterling. Uh, Co-main event, Wei Li looked absolutely unstoppable. Um, Ian Gary, who is a teammate of mine, but obviously uh, he is a huge Connor fan because he is from Ireland, grew up watching Connor one and wanted to be just like him, still wants to be just like him. And I don't hold that against him because everybody has their reason why they fight. Everybody has their reason why they're in the position that they're in. Uh, for me, it was Tyron Woodley, Ben Askren, who I wrestled with in college. Um, so anyways, I digress. So UFC 292 went to it. Great card, but the finale um, was, or 
the Ultimate Fighter finale for me, the finale for me, the most important fights for me was Austin Hubbard versus Kurt Hollibaugh at 155, Cody Gibson versus Brad Katona at 135 to crown the two Ultimate Fighter winners, one at 135, one at 155. And um, it was uh, it was surreal. It was a lot of emotions. It was, I was nervous. Um, you know, because we filmed the show from February to March, spent all these months, spent a couple months before the show even aired on ESPN. And then it started airing on ESPN every single week. So I feel like we've been living this thing and I'm texting back and forth and I'm calling my guys, you know, basically every week talking to them, Hey, this is your week, man. This is your week to shine. This is your week. This is your episode. This is your, your, uh, showcase on ESPN. So we were doing that for the last couple months. And then, you know, obviously as, as the show continued to progress and as the show continued to dwindle down to the last final four guys, um, two of the, or three of them, well, let's say technically four of them being my guys, uh, cause obviously Brad Katona switched, switched teams, but I chose the 135 veterans. Therefore he was on team Chandler and I will take credit for that win. Um, but ultimately Cody Gibson fell to Brad Katona in a split decision. Um, so I thought that fight was, man, I thought Cody won the first two rounds. I really did. I, I do think Brad won the third round, but single-handedly um, just picking Brad apart with bigger shots, more power shots, um, getting some takedowns. I think Cody, Cody Gibson won the fight. So that was a tough one. Went back to the back with him. Um, you know, just, he's just kind of pouring his heart out as we always do whenever we have a loss, whenever we have a tough, a tough loss, we're, we, we were sorry to our coaches. We know we let, we think we let our family down. We think we let our fans down, our supporters down. We think we let all of these people down. Um, but the way Cody carried himself, the way he picked himself up um, and dusted himself off that night, even just having a great attitude, I know he will be in the UFC. And um, not much to my surprise, Dana said in the post-fight press conference, Cody, Cody Gibson will have a place here in this organization. This won't be the last we see of him. So I believe Cody will get a contract or he'll get a, a fight here in the next couple months uh, after he heals up. And then at 155, that one was probably even tougher for me because you got two guys that you love, neither of which you want to lose, both of which you want to win, but you just can't. You just can't. This is not the. This is not the. This is not the way the sport goes, and this is the sport that we chose. So ultimately, I think it was a good fight um, up until the finishing sequence. Kurt Hollibaugh, man, um, I almost even stand corrected a little bit. You know, Kurt is a BJJ guy. Kurt uh, owns a couple couple BJJ gyms down in Louisiana, um, and he pulled off the slickest, one of the slickest armbar to triangle choke submissions transitions i've ever seen in my life in my life uh maybe it was because my emotions were high maybe it was because i was hyper focused on it you know there was twenty thousand people in the arena but i was laser focused on just those two dudes um but it was absolutely slick hats off to austin hubbard he you know and i said this from the very beginning i think austin hubbard was one of or at least he showed from his body of work going into the into the show uh from watching him spar watching him train just training with him, holding a little bit of pads for him, watching him hit mitts. Um, I think he was probably the most complete mixed martial artist on the entire show. Um, obviously getting caught with um, that 
crazy transition, not crazy. I want to say, I don't want to say crazy. Like it just happened by chance. It was absolutely technical and slick by Kurt. Um, so hats off to Austin. I do think he'll have a spot in the UFC, but Kurt Holliball, man, um, we're going to be joined by him here in, uh, right after, uh, I get through all of this, he's, uh, he's going to, uh, come in and I'm going to get a, get a little interview with him, but I just can't say enough about Kurt. And I, and I, I say I, I was standing corrected. I stand corrected a little bit on the jujitsu stuff. I think he came in that first fight against Lee Hammond. I just had to make sure that didn't happen again. I had to make sure because when we get, we get stuck in these, these, I don't want to say ruts because <clears throat> rut sounds negative, but we get stuck in this lane where we only want to strike. We only want to throw big power shots. We only want to throw the jab. We only want to stay in jujitsu mode. We only want to stay in wrestling mode. And you can't bounce back and forth between the multiple disciplines that you are good at and the multiple disciplines that are allowed in mixed martial arts. That Lee Hammond fight, the first, um, the first time Kurt fought on the show, he lost, you know, eight, now five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, almost nine minutes of that, almost nine minutes of that fight basically because he was <clears throat> on the bottom under Lee Hammond, who is a big body who I do think will be in the UFC eventually for sure, um, especially with the blessing of Connor. Um, but so I just had to make sure that Kurt did not get stuck in the jujitsu mode, but goodness gracious, his transition was absolutely phenomenal. So hats off to Kurt. Can't wait to be joined by him to, uh, to do a cool little, um, cool little interview, see how he's doing. Um, it was just a, a couple weeks ago at this point, a week and a half, two weeks ago. And, uh, he, uh, man, he, I know he was just smiling ear to ear. And then at the same time, he just said, thank you so much. We actually caught some audio cause I had Connor there with me. We were filming. So, uh, we'll show you some clips of that. And, um, then at the same time, I had to continue to walk across the cage and give Austin a hug. And it was, it was just tough. Um, but it was also beautiful. And it was also why we love the sport. You know, we love the sport because of not just because of the wins, not just because of the awesome performances. We love the, we love the sport because of the raw emotion that it pulls out of you, of me, of the fighters, of the fans, of the spectators, of the people at home. And, uh, it was just an awesome experience. The ultimate fighter was something that I will never, ever forget. The ultimate fighter is something that I would, you know, probably love to do again. Honestly, it was especially after having it done the first time, I know a little bit more of what to expect. Excuse me. <clears throat> a little bit more of what to expect, except, you know, except for, of course, next time, if I did do it again, they would change it up big time on me and I would be like I was doing it for the first time again, but it was just fun. It was tough. It was exhausting. And I don't use that word. It's funny in, in, in my word or in my, in our household, I, you know, I don't like to use that word exhausted because the word exhausted means you literally have nothing left. You have no more worth left that you can give to a scenario, a thing, a vocation, a, an activity. So I don't think that people really can be exhausted, but, um, to say it was exhausting to the sense that it was draining me like crazy. It was, and it wasn't even the physical part. Yeah. My body got a little bit beat up because I wasn't, I was focused so much on my eight guys. I was focused on their bodies, their rehab, their training, their cardio, their strength training, their nutrition, their diet, their weight cutting that I didn't focus anything on me at all. Um, you know, it was funny. I remember when Connor McGregor first, uh, 
announced that we were going to do this thing. He was really excited to immerse himself into a training camp, immerse himself in, into the training and, and, uh, get back to his roots. And I, th I heard that and I thought, yeah, man, that's going to be cool. You know, it sucks. I got to leave my family. Um, got to be in Vegas, got to go work. It's going to be a lot of work, I'm sure. Uh, but I was excited to kind of get back into the training aspect of it, but I didn't really train much at all, you know, and you guys know, I like to train every single day because when I'm focused on me, I can focus on me every single day. And focusing on me is doing my workouts, doing my rehab, my recovery, my mindset, doing my visualization, doing all the things that are me, me, me focused. But when I was there, I had eight other dudes who I made a promise to look them in the eyes and said, I'm here for you. It's my name on the back of the jersey, but I'm here for you, here for your last name, not my last name. Um, so it was tough. It was more tough emotionally than it was physically, um, probably because I wasn't able to prioritize, navigate, negotiate the me time versus their time, the workouts for me, the rehab and recovery, the, the restoration, the rest time for me, because I was spending every waking moment thinking about them and how, how, we, how we're going to win the next fight, how we're going to strategize the next training session, how we're going to mentally prepare, spiritually prepare, emotionally prepare these guys for battle every time. Um, so it was, uh, it was, uh, an experience to say the least. Um, but we're going to take some fan questions later on as well. So stick around for that. Um, right now is a good time to hear a word from our sponsor. Um, and then we will go right into Kurt Hollibaugh, Joining us probably from Louisiana, I would imagine. I know he's going to Vegas this weekend, actually, because he's going to see my boy Jelly Roll, who is a Tough 31 Reaction Show alumni who sat right in that chair. Uh, he's going to see uh, Jelly Roll, him, him and his wife, in Vegas. Uh, so he's probably going to be calling in from Louisiana, but he could be in Vegas already. Who knows? But with that, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Car Shield, and uh, then we'll get right into the Kurt interview. Now's a good time to thank our show sponsor, CarShield. We're all about who's the greatest here, and CarShield really goes to the mat for vehicle owners. They're the number one most trusted auto service protection company in America, and they're here to help protect you from surprise car repair costs. Flexible month-to-month -month plans through CarShield can cover up to 5,000 parts of your car after they break down. When you're covered through CarShield, you'll always have someone in your corner at the repair shop. Visit carshield.com and check it out now. Now, back to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back from the break. Thank you to our sponsor, Car Shield. But now today, as we recap and we put a final exclamation mark at the end of the Tough 31 season, we have my man, my good friend, my brother for life, and Tough 31 champion at lightweight, Mr. Kurt Hollibaugh. How you doing, Kurt? Man, I'm good. You know, just uh, living it up or at least trying to. Yeah, well, I hope so, man. We, uh, you spent uh, the better part of almost five weeks stuck in a house in Vegas. The whole world just got to see it uh, over the last 12 weeks. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm speaking to a guy who uh, saw the light at the end of the tunnel, saw the, the trophy at the end of the tunnel, and achieved it. So I'm sure that has to... Uh, be a little bit of a, a good consolation prize, even though we had to, you know, it was, it was a tough being there in Vegas for that long, uh, being away from the family and all that kind of stuff. But how has, let me ask you this, how has life changed a little bit? How are you feeling now? And then what has life been like since the show ended and watching it all progress? And then obviously I kind of gave the, the fans at home a, um, a firsthand front row view of me watching you guys fight, uh, just a couple weeks ago. And now that you get to host, uh, hoist that trophy, um, 
over your head and then you will be forever in the history books, man. How are you, how is life these days? I mean, life is awesome. Um, but really it's not like, I don't feel like it's much different. I just still feel like every day is the same thing, but of course it definitely is. You know, I, I get a lot more exposure and a lot of people know me a lot better now, or, or they, they know who I am now. Um, so that's always cool too, but really, man, I just, I just feel like I'm the exact same as before. Um, definitely change a lot. You know, you definitely a lot more people walk, you know, I walk into my local grocery store and, uh, I got people always coming up now, talking to me, asking for pictures, asking me if I was the guy on the, on the fighting show, you know, and that's from small kids to, to adults. So, I mean, it's pretty cool, but, uh, and I love every second of it. Dude, that's so freaking cool. And actually the funny thing is, um, you know, obviously the viewers at home on ESPN got to get, get to know you a little bit. I got to get to know you really well. And that answer does not surprise me one bit. You know, um, obviously what you did was an amazing accomplishment. What you did was set your heart on a goal and accomplish that goal. And now the platform gets bigger and the people notice you and you're taking the pictures and all that kind of stuff. But it always goes back to just being the normal Kurt who shows up every day at your jujitsu gym every day in your sparring sessions, training for that next fight, whenever it may be, whenever you get the call, because ultimately, you know, you never want to rest on the laurels of your previous successes and you do deserve a little bit of time to pat yourself on the back, but man, you just got to get right back to work. And that's what, how, why that answer right there does not surprise me about you. So I love that, man. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, since the, so I fought last week, Man, I have trained every single day this week. Like I haven't even fought last week. It's just, you know, I got I got so many guys in my gym that are still trying to get ready for fights, and you know that that requires me showing up every day to help all these guys. And I've literally sparred and grappled and trained for the entire week. That's so cool, man. Yeah, he came back for those of the that. Don't know. I guess I already I already touched on it at the beginning of the show. Obviously, we were in Vegas last week at UFC 292. It was a crazy. It was a crazy good card for the people that were that were there for the um you know the the main card and that kind of stuff. But my my heart was set on watching you and Austin fight Cody and Brad. Uh, very nerve wracking for me. Um, and bittersweet, like we said, man. When I walked into the cage, you were closest to me. So that big old hug we gave, and you thanked me, and I just said you deserve to be standing right here, man. And then obviously right after that had to walk across and you know console Austin who fell short and you guys you guys laid it all out there um you guys are so talented and I knew I knew the show was going to continue to get tougher and tougher as you a create deeper and deeper relationships with you guys and then b having to know that you want everybody to win you want everybody to get a contract you want everybody to get the call back from the UFC but it just can't happen but I'm so proud that you are here and I'm talking to you um but I do have a kind of an interesting question just to get into your mind a little bit for the viewers at home. Um, Cause I thought about this and it didn't really hit me until I guess we were on the show and you and Austin were together basically every day. Did you guys room together? Yeah, actually it was me, Jason and Roe all in the same room. <laughs> me and Jason share bump beds, Roe and Austin share bump beds, but we was all in the same room. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to get to my question after I touch on this, but, Ladies and gentlemen at home, think about that. These guys spent the better part of a month, over a month, living in not just in the same house, sharing the same bathrooms, sharing the same kitchen, 
eating off the, out of the same uh, off the same stove and all these things. But then they actually shared the room with two of the guys that you fought. You fought Jason, and then you fought Austin. Um, so I kind of had my mind wrapped around that that you guys were kind of just close and always seeing each other. But then all of a sudden, it hit me when I was at UFC 292. Started feeling the the jitters and the emotions of loving all of my guys, but knowing that guys are going to lose or at least you or Austin was going to lose no matter what. One of the team Chandler guys was going to fall short. One of them was going to be victorious. So it was an interesting place for me. But then I also started thinking it was probably, and I'll ask you this, I'll, I'll pose it in the way of a question. Was it a good thing that you were able to detach yourself away from Austin for that? How long was it Four. It was like four or five months, basically since March, yeah, something like that. you know, so you guys were together every day. And then now was Austin st still, did you kind of remember him as the same Austin that you spent all the time with? Or did you just kind of look at him like I do? I always say he's not a man. He's two arms and he's two legs and I got a job to do. There's targets and there's, that's it. You know, how was, how was your mindset going into that? Having to being able to detach yourself from Austin, the teammate. And now he's just Austin, the guy with two arms and two legs. You got to go fight to go get that trophy. Really, um, I didn't really think too much into that. Yeah, we, we all went our separate ways after the show. We went home and got to go back to our normal training and everything like that. But um, I didn't think too much into it. Um, you know, for me, it's like, and like I, everybody always says, man, how how is it fighting your friend or somebody that you've trained with or know? And I'm like, man, look, if you've ever been in the cage before, once that cage door locks, it's almost like, you want to get out as fast as you can, and you don't care what you have to do. So, um, so yeah, once we got out there and the cage door locked, same thing with Jason, same thing with Austin, it was just like, uh, you don't see a friend anymore. You see an opponent on the other side, you know, like you're saying. So, um, but didn't really change much going home or anything like that. I could have fought Austin in the quarterfinals. I fought Austin in the finals or semifinals and finals, and they would, I would have think I would have felt the same. Yeah, well, and actually, yeah, I mean, your your focus, and, and I got to admit, because I've uh, I've said this on my show that we've done the last couple weeks, um, you you were a hard, to me, because and it was a brand new, it was a brand new experience for me, and you probably do it as well with your fighters, you know, everybody's different, right? Everybody handles the training camps, the training, the weight cuts, the pressure, the fight camps, whatever it might be, differently, you know, and, and you... You were so, you were very quiet until kind of spoken to. And then there was a couple of times where we were able to kind of dive deeper and get some good conversations, but you were, you were definitely a quiet guy. And sometimes that can, that can come off as well. He's either just very quietly confident or he's quiet and he's not quite sure if he deserves to be here. You know, one of those kind of scenarios. And, and then obviously now getting to know you more, that's just how you are. And even the answers to your questions thus far, you win the ultimate fighter. You go back to Franklinton. Is it Franklinton, Louisiana? Yep. You go back to Franklinton. And you just go get back to work. A, that doesn't surprise me at all. And B, it just says so much just about how you are. And then fighting Austin and not getting caught up in the, he's a teammate, he's not a teammate. This is the ultimate fighter finale. This is what I worked so dang hard for. This is now your third, this is your third stint in the UFC, right? You know, yep. so it's time to, you're like, you just got to get back to work and I got to go out there and do it, man. And you just, you just did it so well, man. It was so, so freaking cool to watch in that. And I'm, and one regret that I have of the show, cause I want to get into the show real quick. Cause I want to ask you a couple of questions about the show. One regret that I regret that I have was we went to the performance Institute one day 
and I was taking care of some guys who needed who wanted recovery. You didn't need it because you're an absolute savage, I guess. But some guys just wanted to take a day off and and throw on the Norma Tech boots. And I wanted to kind of show them. Uh, I believe Heather was there or somebody who was going to kind of show them some recovery stuff. So I was down there, and you and Jason Knight were upstairs sparring, and I missed it. But uh, uh, Jason Strout. My manager, Randall Alleman, was there. Um, I don't know if Bader was there, but all of the coaches were like, hey, dude, have you seen Kurt spar yet? And I was like, actually, we didn't really do a lot of sparring, you know, right? We we didn't really do, because I didn't want to beat you guys up too much. Also didn't want it to, yeah, we didn't. Didn't want it to come into a weird thing where, you know, all of a sudden you get ticked off, he gets ticked off, someone get, gets cut, and you lose your chance of winning the ultimate fighter like you ultimately did. But they said, the way Kurt just sparred against Jason and didn't get touched whatsoever, put together punches and bunches, man. That is my one of my one regrets of the entire show, that I wasn't up there and I was able to see that because I think it would have given me, I just want to would have wanted to see it from you because I, I didn't really, we didn't really get a lot of time with that. But um, just watching your focus and then, man, you, you're just so dang talented, but you never would know it because you're never going to talk about it, right? You're one of those guys who... I'm a I'm Kurt and I'm gonna show you I ain't gonna talk about it. So why why do you think or give us a little bit of your philosophy on that? Cause I'm kind of that way too. I'm not a the kind of guy who likes to talk a ton. I'm more of a guy who's like, hey, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna show you. Yeah, um, and, and over the past years, I've definitely came out of my shell a lot. But even growing up, um, when I was, you know, a young kid, I was always super quiet, right? Super quiet, didn't talk a lot, and just as I you know, started training martial arts. Of course, of course, that's what martial arts gives you a lot of confidence, you know, and um, I've definitely came out of my shell a lot from where I used to be, but still definitely quiet. I try to be as humble as I can. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a bragger. I'm not, I'm not the guy that walks around the street and be like, Hey, yeah, I'm a UFC fighter. You know, my name's Kurt, you mm-hmm. know, that that's just not me. Um, and like I said, man, I just try to be humble. You know, I'm always kind of quiet, but at the same time, whenever it's time to, Whenever it's time to go to work, I'm going to work my hardest. So I love that, man. Well, hey, well, let me give you, let me, let me just, because something's speaking to me right now because I'm, I'm very similar. So let me give you one last little coaching moment right now as we kind of close this, this uh, tough 31. And I'll be your coach for life. I'll be your friend for life. We're, we're stuck together forever. We're going to train together. But I think, too, sometimes we get so close to humility and trying to be humble. And trying to uh, trying to not, you know, one of one of my favorite quotes of all time is uh, Nelson Mandela, and it says um, essentially, "Don't dim your own light so that other people don't feel insecure around you." You know, we can find that fine line between like, well, I don't want to come off cocky. I am the ultimate fighter champion now, all right, or I fought for the world title, number five in the world. Talking about me, it's like I don't want to come off like that guy. So we can we can sometimes kind of be very, very quiet and reserved. And that's completely okay in a public setting for sure. So you come off that way, but in your mind, in your visualization, in, in the reps in the gym where it's safe, making sure that we as humble guys, guys who, who never want to rub people the wrong way, continue to see ourselves as exponentially, ridiculously ferocious and skilled and talented and all those different things, you know, cause that's one thing that I've always had to kind of unpack. And a lot of times it happens right here in a journal right here. It happens in my journal in the morning when I'm kind of just visualizing and what I'm thinking. So um, that's my one little coaching tidbit. So as you, as you continue, because you're going to, 
I don't know when you're going to fight, when they're going to say, hopefully we're sharing the same car when I whoop up Connor and I uh, don't know who you're going to fight, but hopefully needs to be somebody in the top 20, dude. Cause I'm telling you, and I've been telling everybody's ever since I've seen you fight, dude, you're easily a top 20 fighter in the UFC today. And you need to go and get the opportunity to go prove it. So you can climb, climb those dang ranks, dude. And then before you know it, you're going to be in that top 10. Cause you are that freaking talented. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Oh, yes. Uh, well, let me get into um, one last question for you. Um, was there anything? Well, number one, two far, two fold, two fold question. Was the show easier or harder than you expected? And then number two, was there anything the way that they put it on the TV on ESPN um, that they kind of portrayed anything correctly or incorrectly? Or are you just a guy who didn't really freaking think about much at all because you were there to do a job? Um, really, it was it was more easier than I thought it would be. I think I just mentally prepared myself for that to be just the absolute worst thing in the world. I mean, of course, um, the first Ultimate Fighter launched in 2005 before I even trained martial arts, you know, and um, coming up and, and you see all these shows and you see all these guys that are going home or can't make weight or just they miss their girlfriend or wife and, and say, hey, Dana, look, this ain't for me. I got to go home. So and and I already knew for sure that would never be me. Uh, I can tell you that back then when I would watch it, I'm like, man, I can't believe this guy's going home. So I already knew that would not be me on the show. But I think I just mentally prepared so for for the worst thing in the world. And then when you get there, you know, and then I get into the house, and now you got a bunch of guys in there that are all really good guys, right? We didn't have no guys trying to get drunk or just make a name for crashing up the house and drinking every night. So uh, we had good guys. I had guys like Jason. I had guys like Roe. I had guys like Carlos Vera, who I already kind of know a little bit. Me and Jason, like we've said before, we've known each other for the last 10, 11 years. Same thing with Carlos Vera. He's from my area down here in New Orleans. I've been knowing Carlos for probably the last 10, 11 years. So just having some guys in the house that you already kind of know definitely made it a little bit easier. And then, of course, being able to win the fights in the house made it easier I, you know it's hard for me to sit here and say what it would really would have been like if i would have lost to lee and then had to stay the rest of the time in there because then you know you're kind of not fighting for anything anymore you already lost you're out um, i'm sure it would have still been a great experience i would have still got up come and train every day i'm sure i would have still learned a ton but for me it was a lot easier than I thought it would have been. Well, that's good. Yeah. I think, I think the, the mistake that I made was, you know, I was, I just said before you uh, hopped on zoom, I was sitting in this chair whenever Hunter Campbell called me from the UFC and said, Hey, we're moving forward with this thing. You and Connor, you're going out there and you know, whatever it was, it was February 15th or whatever day it was. And immediately I was like, okay. Cause I had already kind of started thinking about it, willing it into existence. Like, Hey, this is going to happen. I'm going to do the ultimate fighter. I'm going to fight Connor, all that kind of stuff. But it hadn't, it hadn't really been confirmed yet. Then it got confirmed. And I, then all of a sudden I was like, man, this is going to be fun. This is going to be easy. We're going to go. I'm going to put these guys through a little bit of training. I got my manager, who's one of my best friends there, uh, Randall Alleman. Um, my other manager, Dave, who's one of my best friends, who was there most of the time, but Randall lives there. I got Ryan Bader, Jason Strout, uh, Bob Cook came in, Sean Soriano came in a little bit, Robert Drysdale, who was there in Vegas. So I'm getting to hang out with my friend coaches, my friend buddies, who are going to help me do this thing, and these fighters are going to come in, and we're going to put them through some workouts, and they're going to fight. It's going to be easy. And that was not the case. It was it was so mentally, emotionally taxing for me. So I think I had my expectations 
so high of it being easy that it turned out being really hard. Um, so it was, uh, <laughs> man, it was, uh, it was definitely an experience, but I would definitely do it again. And part of it was just the guys, man. I loved you guys. The moment, the moment that the teams got picked and I was like, okay, I looked at you guys in the eyes and I said, Hey, we're going to go do this thing, man. And it was, uh, and it was, uh, it was just a lot of pressure, but it was a lot of love and it was a lot of fun. But then also to, to piggyback on that, thinking about your experience, it does make sense. Winning makes a lot of things easier. Winning solves a lot of problems, uh, but I can't imagine those guys who who did lose that first week. Did you fight second week or first week on this show? Yeah, I fought the second week. Second week. So, like, imagine the guy, you know, you, you think about the first fight, Roosevelt versus Jennerman, and Jennerman, yeah. you know, falls short. Roe gets that, like, 10-second knockout, and then Jennerman had to be there for the next, literally, almost four weeks as a guy who, you know, the, the goal is, has already been lost. Um, so I can't imagine putting myself in, in that scenario. If you're one of those guys who lost that first week or the gentleman who essentially had to be there the longest, um, after losing, but, um, yeah, man, it, it just makes a ton of sense. And to every young fighter out there, everyone is wired differently. Everybody has their own, their own goals, their own views, their own doubts, fears, insecurities, their demeanor. Like you said, you've always been kind of a quiet guy. You were a quieter guy when you when you when you were young. You're still a kind of a quiet guy. Um, but the the lesson here too is it all just goes back to the work. And I and I believe you're sitting right here today because you won the Ultimate Fighter, came back on Monday, served your guys, trained with your guys, and you live the lifestyle. You you own uh, two. Jiu-Jitsu gyms in Franklinton. One's in Franklinton, one's in another city. Yeah, so one's in Amy, which is about 20 miles east of uh, of um, Franklinton. You know, my mom lives in Amy, so, I mean, we're constantly just back and forth. And Amy was my first gym I opened in, like, 2015. My head coach, Raphael, he said, look, you need to open up a gym. We need to work on making you a full-time fighter. That way you can quit your job. Because uh, I installed security alarms, cameras, and fire alarms since I was 18 years old. So I did that for about 15, 16 years with a local company down here. And, you know, my coach finally said, hey, you need to open this gym, grow it. If when it gets successful, you can quit your job. Or whenever you make it back to the UFC, you can quit your job and be a full-time fighter. So I'm like, all right. So, I mean, he helped me out a lot. He got me started on my first gym. Um and I was still working full time, but then, you know, me and my wife got together and I had just made it back to the UFC and, you know, I lost my first fight, but what helped me out a lot, I won the fight of the night bonus. So, you know, I got with my wife and I'm like, look, Raphael is trying to sell us this gym in Franklinton. You know, what do you think about me? Quit working security. You know, I'm back in the UFC. We got a meet gym. Let's go ahead and buy a Franklinton gym. We could do like three days a week each gym, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, that could be what we do. So that's what we did. That's I bought awesome. the gym and that's what we do. That's awesome. So anybody out there who's anywhere near those cities, a meet or Franklin 10, uh, down in Louisiana, yep. this is the place to train. Cause this is a solid, solid man. And might I say that might've been one of the most ridiculous, maybe I was just very, very emotionally invested, but that was such a slick arm bar to triangle choke submission, man. It's almost one of those things where you're like, gum, you're freaking so dang talented. And then also, man, I would have got caught in that choke. I feel like a thousand other fighters would have got caught in that choke because 
the transition was so freaking beautifully and beautifully and superbly executed. Um, so anybody who's down there in Louisiana, make sure you check out uh, Kurt Hollibaugh's gym, but uh, gyms. Um, so an entrepreneur, business owner, father, husband, freaking tough 31 champion, dude. Like I am so freaking proud of you. And I, I hope you are absolutely living the absolute dream right now. Um, that phone's going to ring. Well, the funny thing is I'm talking to the other guys like, Hey man, the phone's going to ring. Like I'm going to help, help figure some stuff out. You already got your contract. So you're, it's already set. You're in the UFC now. And always remember this too. And this is for you and everyone listening at home. Sometimes certain doors stay locked until it's the right time for them to open. Maybe that door to the UFC the first time, the second time was probably supposed to stay locked, but you kicked it, you kicked it in and you forced it. But now the happy, healthy, hard to kill Kurt Hollibaugh, who just won the tough 31 uh, ultimate fighter, man, you're right where you're supposed to be. You're right where you need to be. And you were, you were born and bred and fashioned through all of your struggles and the ups and downs for moments such as this, man. I just, I can't wait to watch you go on this run and uh, go out there and freaking smash some dudes and keep on making good money, getting bonuses and serving the people down there in, uh, in uh, Louisiana. So, uh, but like I said, Kurt's going to, Kurt's going to come train with me as well. So you're going to help me beat up Connor. All right, man, I'm a hundred percent down. I can't wait to get that going. So, uh, and yeah, man, you know, I, I tried, you know, like I said, I'm quiet. I don't talk a lot of smack, but I tried to shoot my shot after the fight. I called out Patty Pimblett. I think that is a great matchup for me. And I feel like he's one of those guys, like you said, he's kind of, He's probably in that top 20, top 25 UFC guys, super big star, big name. And I feel like me winning the ultimate fighter, you, you can't give Patty anybody down in rankings. So I feel like I'm right there. You don't, you probably don't, the UFC don't want to give him a top 10, top 15. So I feel like I'm right there in the mix. Hopefully we can get that fight. I like the matchup. Dude, see what happens. I love, I love that matchup. That's right. I, I forgot on on the microphone. You called him out. Send a couple tweets here and there too, as well. So I like it, man. Uh, but hey, listen, never apologize for just being authentically you and exactly how you want to navigate and negotiate this whole brand persona and how you want to present yourself to the people. Never just be be in your lane. And it might take longer than a guy who's a loud mouth, brash, trash talker guy, right? Because that's what the world loves to consume and dyeing their hair and talking trash and dropping a bunch of F-bombs. But eventually it works out just being exactly who you are. And ultimately you can lay your head on the pillow at night knowing you're in your lane, you're doing doing this on your terms. You're fighting and building your brand and building your businesses and building the life for you and your family on your terms. And that's something that is very, very undervalued these days because people are just trying to sell their soul for, for a nickel uh, just to try to get a little clout these days. So you're right where you need to be. I think the Patty Pimblett versus Kurt Holobaw fight is going to happen. It should happen. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think it should be on the same card, card as me and Connor, because I know those two, uh, you know, they're kind of very similar from the European trash yep. talking, loud mouthing, you know, kind of flashy guys. So I think it actually work out really perfect. So I think we should share a card together. Let's do that. And look, that would be that 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 for me. That's like the real finale. That's like to get on to get this fight on a card with you would be absolute dream. I think it would be very very motivating motivating for me as well. I love it. Hopefully, we can make that happen and. Uh, 
Yeah. But let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'll put a, I'll put a good word in, and hopefully one of these days I'll figure out when the, when I'm fighting Connor. Uh, maybe by the yeah. time this airs, we might have a little more clarity, but we'll see. Um, but man, I just I'm thank you so much for taking the time today, man. I love honoring you and trying to just help you in any way possible. Because um, you, like I said, we're brothers for life, um, friends for life, and anything you ever need, man, I'm right here. And uh, I'm proud of you for what, not just for what you accomplished, not just the win, man. I'm just proud of the man that you are, the father you are, the husband you are, the business owner you are. Um, you're a phenomenal dude. And I am I am blessed to know you. I'm blessed to be your friend. So um, I'm going to let you go, man, and, and go uh, get after it today. But thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you soon, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Appreciate everything you've done for me, especially... Uh over the whole last however many months it's been through the whole process, man. Thank you for everything. Um, I feel like I owe you a lot. So nah, you don't owe Thank me you. a dang you don't owe me a dang thing, dude. All you all you owe me is keep being exactly who you are and then uh go out there, win them fights and and freaking just anything you ever need, man. Just just holler. Appreciate that. Cool. All right, Kurt. Well hey man, thank you. You have a phenomenal day and we're uh we're gonna get back to the show. Um, but man, God bless you, man. Holler if you need anything. Have fun at Jelly Roll this weekend. Hey, man, look, we're excited. I appreciate <laughs> you. Um, I'm telling you, you don't know how happy my wife is right now. Yes. So, uh, of course, I'm a huge fan too, but I mean, she's just over the top right now. Well, so that that's, I appreciate that. of course, man. Well, hey, isn't that, isn't that the most, be one of the most beautiful things in life about being married to is like, hey, I love when things work out for me and I love when I get a lot of joy out of things, but if I can make something happen that makes my wife happy, uh, or like for yep. you, if you can make this happen more for your wife than for you, man, that's, that's what life is all about, man. So, uh, I appreciate you, man. Well, you got, you guys have a good yeah, time. Man, send me, send me a picture, uh, send me a picture with you and you and Jelly. <laughs> oh, for sure. We're definitely going to get a bunch. Yes, sir. Hey, you the man, Kurt. I'll see, I'll see you at the top. Thank you, man. See ya. Appreciate you. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Kurt Hollibaugh, um, a dude who I'm just so freaking proud of. Obviously, you can hear it in our conversation. Um, he's just awesome, man. And I'm so proud of him, and I'm so excited, not just for the Kurt that was last weekend at UFC 292 winning it, but the man that he is and who he's going to be, because I'm telling you guys, keep an eye on him. Go follow him on social medias. Um, he's going to be a guy who's going to be in that top 10 within the next year or so. And I do hope he gets that Patty Pimblet fight because I think that's a perfect fight for him. Uh, it's a good fight for Patty and him, two studs. Um, and uh, I think it'd be a very good fight. So to finish out the episode, the last of the Tough 31 reaction show, I'm going to take some questions from you guys. I put a little question deal on my Instagram earlier. So I'm going to take a couple of y'all's questions right now because it's all about you guys. You guys have supported this channel. You guys have supported this show. Um, you guys have liked and subscribed and shared it. We've been seeing all that stuff. So you guys deserve a couple of questions to be answered. So first one from Instagram comes from Canyon Marshall. If you were to re or sorry, if you were to re-coach this season over again, what would you do differently? That's a really good question. Phenomenal question because now that I've done it, there's a lot of different um experience that I had obviously. And like I said, kind of like I said in, when we interviewed Kurt, um 
if we did it again, they might just do it completely differently. And it, what I thought to what I thought I was supposed to expect might be different. But the biggest thing is take the Kurt approach. I'm going to go into it thinking, hey, this is going to be really, really hard. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be emotionally stressful, physically stressful. Um, and go into it with lower expectations. Therefore, my 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 expectations would probably be exceeded. I think I came into it thinking this is going to be easy. I'm just going to coach these guys. It's just a couple guys putting through some workouts. I got my friends there, AKA the other coaches, AKA my managers. Um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be easy. Show up a couple times a day. That was not the case. I spent every waking moment thinking about this stuff. Um, and I probably put a little bit too much pressure on myself. I do think if I did it again, that would be the second thing that I would change. Number one, I would have lower expectations expect it to be harder. And number two, um, I wouldn't put so much pressure on myself. Sometimes in life, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be a certain thing, to do things a certain way, to do things right, that we're actually stymieing and stifling ourselves. Because ultimately, I could go in there and not really put a ton of pressure on myself. And I'm still going to be a phenomenal coach, a phenomenal friend, a phenomenal mentor. I'm going to, they're going to feel my love through the conversations that we have, the passion that I operate in, because that's just who I am. I like to do things right. And I like to do things to serve other people. So, um, lower expectations and, um, not putting not not putting so much pressure on myself would be number two. And number three, I would probably make a little bit more me time. Uh, like I said, I was there and you guys know I love to work out, work out every day, try to I'm pushing back the the retirement age and I'm and I'm turning back the hands of time by staying in the gym, staying recovered, staying training hard, lifting heavy weights, um, training every single day. But in that four week period, I barely took any time to actually train myself. I took barely any time, which there wasn't a ton of time. Um, but I took barely any time to say, Hey, I'm going to go lift for me. I'm not going to go lift because I'm putting these guys through a workout and then stop halfway through. Cause this guy needs to do this. And that guy needs to do that. And I'm going to do some more, you know, sparring or drills or, or hitting mitts, put it this way. I have two striking coaches, one Henry hoof down in Florida two Jason Strout down in Florida. Both phenomenal striking coaches, a little bit different. Jason's more of that boxing style. Henry's more of that kickboxing, uh, Dutch kickboxing style. Jason was there with me for four weeks. He was there the entire time. I hit mitts with him zero times. A, I didn't want to make him work again after he just got done holding mitts for eight guys. And B, I didn't really have time because we had that two-hour time limit to get done training. And I wanted to make sure that entire two-hour time limit was spent on these guys getting them better. So um, I would focus more on my physical training if I did it again. But good question, Canyon Marshall. Second question comes from um, Leta Pruya, L-E-T-A-P-R-U-Y-A. Which fighter eliminated in the quarterfinals would you want the UFC to sign right now? Oh, man. Uh, well, that's an easy one for me because we had all wins in the quarterfinals except for one, Hunter Azure. Um, fell short, um, lost to Rico DeShulo. Hunter deserves to be in the UFC, in my opinion. He's a great man, uh, works extremely hard. He was one of the quieter guys. And and I, I don't say this because because all of my guys, most of them actually were just a yes, sir, no, sir. You want me to run through that brick wall? I'll run through a brick wall for you. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm not going to question anything. Most of my guys were like that. Hunter was definitely one of them. Um, he got caught just like we all do in this sport. So I think Hunter has the abilities, has the skill set, has the mindset to be able to go out there and compete well in the UFC. So that would be number one. Um, I should probably 
say another two, a second one. Um, and I've said this before. I think, I do think that Lee Hammond at 155, um, he might even grow into a 170 pounder because he's a big boy. Um, he was pretty, he looked pretty dominant in that first fight until he got caught with that guillotine by Kurt, who turns out is one of the best BJJ guys I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so anybody, a lot of people would have got caught in that choke. He made a quick, he even said it and it was, it was very, it was a kind of a cool, um, self-awareness, self-assessment moment where he said, I'm a, I'm a rookie and I made a rookie mistake, you know, prospect. We called them rookies. We called them prospects. We called them newcomers throughout the show, but he made a newcomer mistake. He said, I'm a newcomer and I made a newcomer mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. So Lee, keep your head up. Um, and y'all, uh, look out for Lee. Cause I guarantee he's going to be in the UFC, especially with Connor's blessing. Uh, he's one of Connor's guys. So, so Hunter and Lee would be two guys that I would definitely say, Hey, Let's get those guys in the UFC, even though they lost in the quarterfinals. Next one. Um, next one comes from Ben.LPZ. What would you say was the toughest and coolest parts of working as a coach, uh, working together as a coach slash fighter? Um, coolest part, I think, was just creating a relationship with these guys. Um, from day one, it seemed like we clicked so well, most of them. Um, and then after week one, we all clicked really, really well and they could feel my love and passion for them, um, and for their careers. I think, uh, I could feel their, their want to, to win and be successful. Once again, just like I did this interview with Kurt though, there was, it, it was on a, on a sliding scale, if you will. Um, you know, I think about, you know, Jason Knight, who's a little bit more, kind of talkative and, and, and wasn't afraid to say what he thinks and, 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 and put things out there sounded a lot more confident in the moving forward. And I'm going to win this thing and I'm going to keep on fighting and I don't care who I fight, when I fight, how I fight, blah, blah, blah. And then you got the guys like Kurt who were a little bit more quiet. So you had to almost pull it out of them. And you also don't want to ask them questions like, Hey man, you think you're going to win this fight? Hey man, how confident are you? Hey man, you know, how sure are you that you can beat this guy? You're not going to ask them questions like that. So you kind of try to learn through interactions, if you will. Um, but as we just kept, got deeper and deeper into these relationships, it was just so rewarding. Um, win or lose, you know, uh, win or lose throughout the entire process. They knew um, that my love was there for them. My passion was there for them and their careers. So that was probably the coolest part. Um, but to answer the other part of your question, the toughest part was, I think the fact that I loved them so much and I was passionate about their careers. So it's a double edged sword. The fact that I loved them, they could feel it. The fact that I was passionate about getting them to the next level, they could feel it. But the pressure that I put on myself, that was the toughest part. The pressure that I put on myself to be exactly who they needed to be at every single moment. Cause you got to think I needed to be the best coach, the best friend, mentor, whatever you want to call me there. Um, you know, I was called a coach. I didn't really look at myself as a coach. I looked at myself more as a, as a guy who's, who was there. It was like, Hey, I I've done this. Or this is where I can help you. This is my perspective, my perception of this scenario. Um, and it was really just kind of like a friend to them. So that was, uh, that was the toughest part was, was putting so much pressure on myself that, um, uh, it was, uh, it was tough, uh, very, very tough physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, but now it is over. And now that we're done with it, I'm like, oh, I would definitely do that again. hundred percent. No ifs, ands, or buts. I would definitely do that again. If I can create these kind of relationships, lifelong friendships and relationships with guys like this, who I could be 
just a piece of the puzzle. Like Kurt Hollibaugh probably would have won this show without me. And I, and I am okay to admit that because he's that good. Um, he's that confident. Um, but the fact that I was a piece of the puzzle, you know, and, and, we, and you can really hear the genuineness and his thank you for me. He owes me a lot. He doesn't owe me a dang thing, man. I was just there doing my job and, and, and I want to do the job, my job to the best of my ability. So um, I would definitely do it again, but it was definitely tough. Um, next question. What are the, what are, oh, from 5K Truong, 5K Truong. What are some stuff, what are some stuff about Connor that they didn't show on screen? <laughs> Y'all were smiling, LOL. You know, we actually did. I think there was a couple times that, that they showed us smiling, joking back and forth with each other. And sometimes it was him throwing a zinger at me, me throwing a zinger at him. Both of us keep take keeping it light and taking it as, hey, dude, whatever. I don't care what you say. I'm gonna laugh at it. You're gonna say something to me. I'm gonna laugh at it. And dude, I think, I think Connor's respect for the sport is is much higher than people give him credit for. I think Connor's demeanor inside the sport is a lot different than a lot of people's public perception of him. Um I think his respect for me is very high. I think my respect for him is very high. So when you got two dudes who I don't care if you say the worst, most vile thing about me, or you're there constantly complimenting me and being my friend, it doesn't really matter. We step inside the octagon. I'm going to try to take your head off. Um, and I feel like Connor is the exact same way. So I think we had a little bit of fun with it. You got to remember too, we were basically stuck in Vegas, Las Vegas purgatory for four and a half weeks there, going back to the same house, doing the same training sessions, doing the same stuff over and over and over again. Every now and then there was something different, but for the most part, it was, it was very monotonous. So we also were just kind of trying to enjoy ourselves a little bit. So, um, but I would say that, so those are the two things. I think Connor's romantic relationship with, with the, the respect of the sport is much higher than people give him credit for because he's got the Bentleys and the Bugattis and the yachts and the money and the Rolexes and the, the watches and all that kind of stuff. Um, he still is at his core, a mixed martial artist and loves it and, and wants to give back to it because he is only here because of mixed martial arts. Um, and I would even go further to say he's one of the main reasons he is here is because of John Cavanaugh pulling him off of that couch. He, I think they, he told a story about John Cavanaugh coming to his house, pulling him off the couch and getting him to go to the gym whenever, you know, life wasn't going that well for him from a, from a career standpoint. So, um, those are some, those are some things about him. Um, and I have no problem giving Connor props, giving him compliments because, um, I respect the heck out of the dude for what he's done, the, the life he has built, the career that he has built and, uh, make sure y'all buy the pay-per-view whenever we, uh, fight. Next one. Oh, I already answered this one. Connor dot would small 32. Would you, would you coach tough again? Absolutely. I would. Um, it's gotta be the right timing. It's gotta be the right scenario. It's gotta be the right, uh, just like everything, everything, everything in life is based on timing and circumstance. Um, so I, of course I definitely would do it again. It would just have to be the right time and against the right, uh, I guess the right opponent or opposite coach, if you will. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it now looking back on it, uh, more than I enjoyed it actually in the moment. So, um, that's a good question. Um, actually from the same guy, Connor Woodsmall, 32. Um, do I think vets versus prospects was a good idea? Um, 
I do. I I think I think the idea of vets versus prospects gets a little bit of flack because we were so dominant as veterans. If it kind of went 50-50, it went, you know, three wins here, five wins there, four wins here, four wins there, you know, with the vets and the prospects bouncing back and forth, I think people would have a little bit of a different view. Um, but you got to remember, I always go back to this. Cody Gibson, who was in the finals, is a PE, he is a, sorry, I don't know if he's a PE teacher. He's a, he's a high school teacher. He actually had to take time off of work as his teaching, at his teaching uh, job at his school to do the ultimate fighter and to do the ultimate fighter finale. Um, who else? Um, we just saw Kurt Hollibaugh. Kurt Hollibaugh is a business owner. He owns numerous gyms down in Louisiana. So you could look at some of these guys and say, well, you know, Austin Hubbard's got a, a pretty much a full-time, semi-full-time job with his father-in-law at a, at a home restoration company. You could make an argument that Cody Gibson has one foot in, one foot out of mixed martial arts because he's got a job and he's he's focused on that half the, half the time. You can make the argument with Austin, with Kurt. They could have one foot in, one foot out. You know, so I think when we when it first came down to the teams being picked, you could look at it and say, well, did these guys really have it? This guy over here has got a career as a as a teacher. This guy over here owns a couple of gyms. He's an entrepreneur. He's making money doing that. This guy over here has got a job. This guy over here has got a job. These guys are, do they have one foot in, one foot out? That was the main question. And obviously, then then you go back to the experience factor and you say, okay, well, of course they were. Most people say, of course they were going to beat the prospects because they've been in the UFC before. They fought tough for competition. They've been on the biggest stages, the brightest lights, all that stuff. But um, so I do think ultimately it was a good idea. Um, ultimately, it doesn't really matter because. That's how the show went, and that's how uh, that's what we had to work with. Um, but I think it gets a little bit of undue criticism because of, you know, the fact that people say these guys got so much more experience than the prospects. But so Connor Wood Small, thirty-two, good question, um, and that will be the last one that we take today. Um, but ultimately, to to close this thing out, I do just want to look you guys in the eyes and say thank you so much. This was my this was my first. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of content. I've done a lot of videos. You've done a lot of workout videos. We've got our fitness app, Walk On Fitness. Um, we've got you know YouTube channel that we're building outside of just this show, bringing you guys value. But this was my first time being here on a microphone for a long period of time where I'm the, I'm the show host, I'm the interviewer, I'm the guy asking most of the questions. So thank you guys for the, um, the immense amount of support. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing this thing. Um, it really has been awesome. And it's really helped me get a bunch of reps, just like I got to get reps in the gym, just like I get, got to get reps, um, here at my house with, with the family, uh, to be a better dad, a better father, just like I have to get reps in all these different areas of my life. This was an opportunity for me over now 13 episodes to get some reps in on this microphone, interviewing people. And, uh, maybe it's a little bit of a, uh, foreshadowing for things to come because we got this beautiful studio here in Nashville, Tennessee, and, uh, we are all set up to interview some of the brightest minds in the, on the entire planet. So make sure you guys are subscribed, um, share this with anybody, go follow Kurt Hollibaugh on his socials, um, support him. If you guys are down in Louisiana, anywhere near a meet and Franklinton, uh, go get a class at his gym, go join his gym. Um, because I'm telling you right now, he is a phenomenal salt of the earth, amazing man. And, uh, if I was a little bit younger getting into the sport, he, I would want him to be my coach.
And I met his coaches, um, the guys that he trains under in in Louisiana, and they're also all awesome dudes as well. Cody Gibson's coaches were awesome. Uh, Austin Hubbard's coaches were awesome as well. So um, that'll close it out for Tough 31. Thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you guys so much for showing up for me. And I promise you I'm going to show up when that cage door closes and it's me standing opposite Conor McGregor and I go out there and I finish him within the first two rounds. So thank you for showing up for me. I'm going to show up for you. Make sure you buy that pay-per-view. And uh, as always, walk on. God bless. I'll see you at the top.